0: Oh no, no, no. We're, we're going to save this. Don't put
1: anything in your body unless you know what it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shut your mouth. <clears throat> Give me my 30 seconds.
1: If, if, Shut you up. Put prepar- if you put preparation age on your toothbrush instead of toothpaste, that's your fault.
0: You know what? I'm just going to get right into this. Welcome to Dads with Nerdy Ambitions, your go-to podcast for nerd culture, pop culture in the 21st century. I'm your host, Steve Pugh. and that guy that's giggling in the background over there is the monster that I occasionally call my co-host, uh, David Perry, uh, just to give you a little heads up on why he's laughing. We're kind of talking about uh, my Facebook post, and and I'm going to defend myself here, all right, I'm going to right? Defi- I'm going to give the whole story because I couldn't put the full explanation into this um so (laughs) shut up all right I my wife and and, and, so here's the question whether or not I'm at fault I I know I'm partially at fault or if my wife is a monster I think I posted on Facebook I said am I legally allowed to murder my wife (laughs) at this point uh but she laughed and I told her I was going to put this on the podcast too so she she encouraged it by the way uh she goes uh, so I, I i've been working late because as a mailman it's the holidays and it's i'm going in at like you know waking up at like four in the morning 4 30 and ending work i'm doing doing like 12 13 hour days and, every day
1: and, and and we the public we the public yes. appreciate all the hard work that you do <laughs> because the, the united states postal service funds itself there's no tax dollars that go through it that's, that's number one and the Postal Service was one of the original cabinet departments that was created uh, uh, under the under the Constitution, and its design is it is a service. It is not supposed to be profitable, so to That's speak. True. And it, the design of it is that anyone in the United States can, can send and receive mail at an affordable rate. That's true. That is all true. Thank you very much for <laughs> saying that. So, but, I've been because there are a lot of people who hate the post office. Oh, I know. They think and it should I get be it. run all like the time. a business, which it is run <laughs> like a business. It is run like a business and it's less expensive and it's more efficient than FedEx and UPS.
0: This is true. And DHL.
1: Uh, so, thank you again for all the work that you do, especially around this time of year. Yes. To bring me all of the crap that we buy off the internet to my door. true.
0: <laughs> so, it needless to say, I have been extremely exhausted, and I've been drinking probably more coffee than I should. And I had absolute horrible heartburn. Um, and I asked the wife. I said, "Jackie, you know, hey, uh, do we have any Pepto Bismol?" And she goes, "No, but we have uh, a generic version in the, you know, in our cabinet." She and I'm like, "Where is it at?" And she goes, "It's the only blue bottle in the back." I'm like, "All right, cool." So, I go and grab it and I see it's got this larger cup. And I'm like, all right, that's weird. And just so I fill it like halfway, 30 mils, and you know, chug it. And I'm like, wow, that tastes weird. This doesn't taste like even generic, it didn't have that like chalky taste. And
1: so, so it, I look it didn't at look it, like you were expecting. No, well, no, it, it didn't taste like you were pink. expecting. Shut up. <laughs> Let
0: me get through my story. <laughs> Let me get through my story. Good, sir. And so, I turn it to its side and I look and it says super laxative. I'm so exhausted. It doesn't click in my head. I am. I am exhausted. And it goes, I'm like, that's a weird way to spell heartburn medication. And I'm like, oh my God. And I turn it and it says, Phillips, milk of magnesia. Now, before (laughs) people start getting in like, technically milk of magnesia is an anti-acid. Yes, it is. It is an anti-acid. It absolutely is however i didn't know that and the wife didn't know that either at the time and the 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 amount you're supposed to take is five mils
1: so 30 i took 30 okay
0: so i went to i looked at her and i said jackie that is a laxative and she just looks at me and goes oops and so the rest of the night, I'm fearing for my life because I got home and it was. I took it around like seven o'clock. It takes about three hours to kick in. Well, two hours to kick in, and then, you know, brace for impact. You know, then we get to play my favorite game. Don't trust a fart. So, <laughs> so you lost five pounds, right? I I I was I was actually safe. Uh, apparently, I drink enough coffee in my life and I taken an, I haven't I have enough fiber in my diet that okay. this didn't affect my body at all except it gave me like just ungodly cramps in my stomach. Okay. Um but I and I posted it on Facebook and of course everybody laughs which is fine which is what I wanted. I want people to laugh at my pain. But they also came to my wife's defense as in Steve you should have read the bottle. Yes. I'm tired. Scream. Uh, what happened to that? Thank you for your service, crap, right there. Uh, I was exhausted. She said it was the. It's the only blue bottle in the in the the, the cabinet. And so she,
1: so she didn't pour something for you. And no, she
0: you. didn't pour something okay. for me. She no, told she you where to go.
1: And oh you went to God. the medicine cabinet.
0: I trusted my wife. This moral of the story: don't trust your wife.
1: No, no, no. You should trust your wife. I, trust. <laughs> But verify. Right? <laughs> Trust, but verify. That's Especially what I when <laughs> all you have to do is turn the bottle 90 degrees to the right to read and you're right. what's in and the you're box. Right. And you're right.
0: You're absolutely right. I should have. I, I know I should have. But I just like, uh, uh, you know, reveling in your misery. So. Oh my God. Please laugh at my pain because <laughs> we both looked at each other and I'm laughing as I tell it. Like, I know it's going to be a bad day it's like you know when you get like super spicy wings you know what's coming afterwards you know it's going to burn i do not because i do not eat super spicy wings i can't really anymore because i don't have a gallbladder and apparently that actually helps
1: inhibit like i okay it is what it is but it's it's, see i am one of i'm one of 10 vietnamese people in the world that doesn't like spicy food so yeah that is we have a club (laughs) you guys get together (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, so yeah, we eat oatmeal <laughs> together and that's is it. that would
0: you do the most blandest, plainest thing. You don't even put any sugar or nothing, it's just straight up oatmeal.
1: Oh, oh, oh. you gotta have brown sugar and milk with oatmeal. Oh my god, you totally do.
0: I love I actually like putting a little vanilla. Uh, but this is not a food podcast, okay. this is a I nerd podcast. Um, however, I am gonna ask, how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs>
1: It was nice that we, yeah. we, we didn't have Thanksgiving at our house up. Uh, uh, we went to my wife's cousins and and everybody in our bubble is fully vaxxed and is getting boosters. Nice. And, and my uh, my my two stepkids came in and, uh, and we had a real good time. It nice. was it was nice and quiet. And then, you know, I, I always like to work the day after Thanksgiving. I have enough seniority. I could take it off, but mm. I like working because there's no one there. Yeah. And there's no conference calls. There's no training. There's no meetings. I can sit at my desk. My boss is usually off and the supervisor who's on doesn't really care what I do as long as I'm quiet and stay out of the way. So (laughs) as long as you're not causing drama. Hey, a good day is when no one at my work finds out I exist. Uh, That's a perfect day. Keep your head down and your mouth shut yeah
0: I, and i'm seeing you got your tiamat over there your little got funko my funko Pop. tiamat that's right yeah i got mine uh he's in his box i i don't know if i want to remove him from his box i'm weird like that because i had like no intentions of ever getting rid of it but i've also got that weird little bit of like a collector like oh, no, no
1: I'm, a, I'm a flagrant opener are I, you I, I, yes oh yes everything i have is open i
0: I, uh, I want to but i just like i don't know it's that it's it's a sealed in box
1: thing it's is just, it are it's, you an investor I don't know. Did you buy it as an investment? Probably not. Then open it. I will. I, I, it I just it gotta... also comes. It also comes with the D twenty, and I've been using the D twenty in one of my games, and nice. it's 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 been pretty
0: good to me. I've got the Xanthar one as well, okay. so I I, I want to get the I want to get the whole set. Uh, actually, my son knows a lot about some of the characters. Apparently, there's one with a, uh, um, uh, his familiar is a gerbil or a hamster or something.
1: That's Minsk, the Minsk, yes. the Ranger yes. from Baldur's he, Gate.
0: He knows a, all about him. He's a shrunken
1: space hamster. Minsk and Boo. <laughs> yeah. Minsk and
0: Boo. Yes. Minsk and Boo. He knows them all about it. So I gotta find him that one. Um, okay. I, I love Mind Flayers. I like my I like my old like I, I don't know if I want to call them old school, but my OG uh monsters. The, I, like, I like slimes. I love right beholders. I love mimics, and I love mind flares. Um, but
1: I'm
0: gonna have to They're, pick them up.
1: There is a, a book that was released by the DMs Guild. Mm. Uh, Wizards releases a surprise 156-page Minsk and Boo source book. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's, um, let's see, what is it? Minsk and Boo's Journal of Villainy.
0: Minsk and Boo's Journal yes. of Villainy. All right, I'm going to have to look, get that for him.
1: Did, did you ever play Baldur's Gate 2? I, yes.
0: I did, yes.
1: Okay, Minsk, Minsk and Boo. Minsk was a character in the first Baldur's Gate. A video game what the, the old isolinear 3 Yeah, yeah game. yeah yeah
0: i used to love that
1: one he was a he was a, a paired character with a wizard uh named ja, uh, jahira mm. and so they were always as a pair and he was a ranger and he could dual wield and all this other stuff but boo took up one of his his slots and then in baldur's gate 2 jahira was killed a spoiler alert for a 25 <laughs> year old video <laughs> I game i was gonna
0: say how old is it
1: yeah yeah, yeah it's at least 20 years uh and and you know minsk has you know go for the eyes boo go for the eyes and it's it's he's awesome he's 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 the best character in the game he's the funniest character in the game so but you minsk and boo's journal of villainy uh, because uh baldur's gate three is coming out and baldur's gate three i I, I, have you played it uh I,
0: i so here's my i played a little bit i have it okay um i it because it's they're they're constantly coming out with new things yes. i don't want to play too much because i want to actually enjoy the full game
1: right okay right okay so i've played too i i bought it early access it's an early mm-hmm. access title right now mm-hmm. and you have to pay the full 60 dollar AAA price or whatever it is yes but, but you, like you, you said they're, they're they're constantly uh, uh updating it there's there's always a hot fix there's always a new patch they've been adding content they added uh, the druid class yeah, they uh, at, at some point and it's using the fifth edition rule set and supposedly it's going to tie in even though it takes place 100 years or 150 years after um after Baldur's gate 2 after throne of ball ends yeah. supposedly it's going to tie in with Baldur's gate 2 on some level because some of the i mean the elf characters are still alive right yeah so the the elves or the half elves and, and some of the other characters are are still around and, and they're supposedly going to pop up uh in the game so yeah. Uh, but Minsk and Boo are, are they there's a book out it's it's available to DMs Guild nice yeah I'm, I'm not def- receiving a kickback by the way I'm just you know letting you I haven't bought it yet <laughs> I'd kind of like to
0: wizard sponsor us
1: yeah <laughs> no uh Dinah here was the was the Minsk's, Minsk's uh witch Jahira mm. was another character that she was with Khalid she's a druid yeah anyway you, so
0: sorry can you hear me just I want to check real quick yeah okay cool cool, cool.
1: yeah you're fine okay
0: um yeah uh i absolutely love the idea of it i played it a little bit i love the graphics i love mm-hmm. it is the closest i think i've ever seen to a game go from D, like it, as close as you can get to actually playing an rp or, or actual game mm-hmm.
1: of D. you know what i'm saying here um did you play Neverwinter Nights back again? Another fifteen-year-old video game.
0: I have it. I didn't really get into it. There's a new one that just that they came out with last year. Um, uh, that is a D and D esque game. It is. It's based in the I think Icewind Dale area. Uh, okay. But, and your choices are. It's 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 essentially it's the new version of Baldur's Gate without being Baldur. You know the not the Baldur's Gate where it's the one and two, but like the uh, down-looking version that they came out with for the ex- the consoles a while back.
1: Well, there there was a game using the same engine called Icewind Dale, and there was an Icewind Dale two. Hmm. It used the old Infinity engine uh, that Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate two and Planescape Torment used uh, as well. Yeah. Um, that's an older game, but yeah. the uh, DDO Dungeons and Dragons Online I think uses fourth edition rules. But Neverwinter Nights was a game that came out, I want to say 2003 ish, and it was built around the third edition rule set. Yeah. And it was, it was a pretty good game too.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm not against it. I, I, it's, I, I have a problem with MMOs. They grind too much for me. And I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's not even just that one. It's like, wow, is, was a struggle for me. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, there, there was, uh, There was a few others that were Rift. Uh, Even they had a, it never, it never really made it out of beta. Maybe it did technically, but there was a uh, Warhammer 40k one and it was just bloody horrible. Um, Right. I I just, MMOs are, it's not my cup of tea. I try. I really, truly try. Um, However, you know, it is what it is.
1: Um, You have to really enjoy either the grind. Yeah. Or the end game, yeah. or the community. Yeah, you, and look, because like I play Lord of the Rings Online, not as much as I used to. But the thing about Lord of the Rings Online is, it's a good community. It's one mm. of the best. You know, I didn't there, even though
0: there, know there are, was a Lord of the Rings one.
1: Oh yeah, I, I'm. I, I mean, that. it makes
0: sense. I mean, there's a like, there's one for everybody.
1: Um, but that's that's a game that you don't really play for the end game, like you would for say WoW or some of the others. Mm. But uh, but it, the community is the best um in that game like, uh you know you play a uh, i don't know if you've played star wars the old republic i did um, i i so i didn't get into it
0: till all right so i played the star wars online after uh-huh. you could already be a jedi galaxies uh, yeah i never and i think i picked a musician for that one right <laughs> somehow i still went jedi um uh, and then well, yeah because
1: why play star wars game if you can't be a jedi
0: this is true um and then i never played Swodor. I, I, I almost i tried to, i was going to get into it but i guess uh, i can't remember i think somebody like turned me off from it and then right. elder scrolls online is the only other one i've really played or okay. fallout ones the bethesda ones and i like the elder scrolls but okay it's, it, it's eh, not my thing yeah um, so what do you do for thanksgiving uh i so my my uh wife's uh her, her stepmother and her her dad uh they have a very italian style thanksgiving okay so there's lasagna there's raviolis and okay. stuff like that Um, uh, so i went to their house and did that and it was nice it was really good uh i got to make my sweet potato casserole or my wife did she made it um however i'm going to be making mead uh this week actually okay well that sounds uh, fun and i picked up a bunch of DD stuff uh for because monsters and mailman is going fun and right actually this weekend i'm going to be running a game for the uh cub scouts okay so i'm i i am the honorary i think dungeon master in the area so uh so
1: so when you're making mead yes how long does that take how long does it have to ferment i mean are Uh, you talking is is it's days or weeks or how long does that weeks four to six weeks i think is what they say
0: Um so it it requires about 3 to 4 pounds of honey. Okay? You have to boil it and everything with water. It's it's right. literally just three three ingredients to make mead. Uh honey, water, and yeast. And that's it. Okay. Um you can add more fruit and then it be, doesn't become mead it becomes something else but it's all honey-based wine. Um Have you done this before? No, I've done beer. Okay. I've done beer. Okay. Um but I I wanted to we we drink mead at sure. the, the D games and so i was like you know what i want to make my own it can't be that hard and so i'm going to experiment with it
1: famous last um, words but
0: good <laughs> well i'm going to give it to the like the eldest of our group and let him try it first and if he survives then okay. you know i know it's good you know maybe i'll give it to the wife after the laxative <laughs> and let her try it first like hey you know if she lives we're good so <laughs> no um so let's let's go ahead and uh let's get into our subject of the night, good sir. Uh we okay. are here to talk about and now I was I was thinking about this, and I-, I guess we should probably give this as a, a spoiler because we we're we're going to go a little bit into the actual movie. We're here to talk about Ghostbusters, specifically, I think, uh, afterlife. Uh huh. And uh so here is a your forewarning. There may be some spoilers in this. Um yeah, there will be yeah there's definitely gonna be spoilers so i will give you this chance to pause and skittle off after you've seen the movie all right that's enough time uh so uh ghostbusters afterlife good sir what were your thoughts on it
1: Uh, i i liked it i mean i i do ghostbusters cosplay and um i again i was i I was alive to see the first ghostbusters in theaters uh and we start there
0: first before we get into the movie let's start about like what like okay for and i was going to say like who hasn't seen ghostbusters but my wife didn't see ghostbusters until Mm -hmm. last year okay so she hadn't seen ghostbusters until like i actually sat down and watched it with her so there, there are people out there um and yes, you. The first one came out what? Nineteen eighty four was the Something first like customer. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's got to be. And it was directed by uh, Ivan Reitman. Uh, and it had Bill Murray. You had Dan Aykroyd. You had Ernie Hudson. You had Sigourney right. Weaver. Annie Potts. Uh, oh my gosh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Rick Moranis. Yeah, Rick Moranis. I knew I was forgetting somebody. You had a, you had a uh, and one more person. Uh, Egon. Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yes, Harold Ramis. Uh, you had a solid cast yes and absolutely phenomenal movie uh which is it, it, it I, okay so i i want to say it, it it did something that a lot of people hadn't done it, it was a ghost hunting movie it took place i, I you know what I'll let you go with this. This is, this was your time in golden age, and this is something you're passionate about. Uh, so tell us, tell the audience about uh ghostbuster and the fascination behind it.
1: Well, I, I, I don't, you know, it was one of those movies that, you know, when it came out, I think a lot of people didn't quite know what it wanted to be. Okay. I mean, was it, was it a comedy movie? Was it a horror movie? Um, so, you it's, know, it's and- funny. You
0: should say that. Sorry. I didn't don't, totally don't want to interrupt you there, but it's, I, I had actually talked to somebody about this and i remember this as a kid it was really scary it, to an extent it was scary yeah. as a kid but as an adult it was really funny like
1: there was right both it both parts was, it was kind of like the, another movie that c- count kind of around the same time big trouble in little china by john carpenter yeah uh, with kurt russell and uh uh you know just about every Asian actor that you could get in in uh, in the 80s that that also didn't know if it was going to be if it wanted to be a horror movie or a comedy or anything like that Um, you know I think a lot of it was science fiction Mm. um, but it was also accessible because it wasn't set off in space Uh, it and if you know Dan Aykroyd is is the creator and he was the writer and he is just this prolific storyteller Hmm. you know and he had written this giant treatment and the movie that they made was much different than the one that he and the script he initially wrote really Uh, yeah because they couldn't make it ghostbusters originally started out as it was a franchise and they people were fighting ghosts you know all around the world and it happened to be the new york franchise that that the this particular uh, uh the movie was about um and he did the same thing with the Blues Brothers. When he wrote the Blues Brothers, they had he had all this backstory about Jake and Elwood and all that other stuff leading into the Blues Brothers, which a lot of it's never made on screen. And he did the same thing with um, with Ghostbusters. And so the movie they made, I mean, at the time it was moderately successful. Uh, where it really became successful was on home video and on the cable rounds. You know, because there was a time when you know you turned on whether it was TBS or HBR or whatever, and ghostbusters and one of the police academy movies was on (laughs) all the time right yeah um and it's one of those things there are some things in the in the first ghostbusters movie that that when you look back don't hold up very well um like the 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 the, in the montage where they're fighting all the ghosts and there's the scene where the ghost is above ray in the bed and it you know it's (laughs) i was gonna say
0: the the the
1: Right. That's that kind of scene. Yeah. And then there's also the when Venkman goes on the date with uh, Dana Barrett and he Uh. goes to pick her up and and she's possessed by Zool Uh, Venkman just happens to have enough sedative to, you know, knock out a horse. And that's kind of creepy and kind of rapey. Yeah. Now, again, in in 1984, that's that's something that you can get away with, which wouldn't fly today. Mm. Right. But anyway, so the, so the yeah. movie goes on and, and you know, it was one of those. We, we watched it all the time. My brother and I, because we, we have VHS, that's it was rated PG. So, you know, our parents would let us watch it. Uh, that and the last Starfighter. Those are the two movies I remember watching just over and over and over on VHS in the 80s. Um, you know, Ghostbusters 2 came out in 89. I don't remember being that into Ghostbusters 2. I can probably count the number of times I've seen that on one hand. Um, I didn't realize it wasn't as popular.
0: I, I, it's, I, I, again, I, I saw them when I was younger and I and I watch them now and I'm like, "All right, it's still good, but yeah, it's it didn't it never clicked on to me that Ghostbusters 2 was not nearly as popular.
1: Right. I I don't think it was. I I didn't like it as much. Um you know, and then and then from 1989 until the 2016 Ghostbusters there's just this drought. Now, there are video games, there yes. are comics, there's all sorts of other intellectual there's the 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 real ghostbusters cartoon that's on yep. tv in the in the 90s in the 80s yep. and 90s and so there is content out there and a lot of people just kind of latched onto it you know there, there are ghostbusters chapters you know all over you know all over the world you know i'm i follow half of them on facebook it seems like <laughs> um you know and and it's it's an I think people like it because it's an easy costume to do. I mean, you can make a Ghostbusters before the pack. You can make a Ghostbusters costume for under a hundred bucks. And that's always nice. Uh, You know, and then now with 3D printing, people can print a pack for, you know, if you have your own printer, you can print it for, you know, a couple hundred dollars, if that, plus electronics and all that. So, so there's this, there's a big fan base out there and it endures um, despite despite the shortcomings of some of the some of the franchise's shortcomings there's a lot of things to like and the the Ghostbusters community which admittedly has its own toxic faction uh, a lot of them use Ghostbusters as an avenue for to do good things and to do charity work uh, like some of the other costume clubs out there do for me it
0: was it was always very nostalgic I mean you can think of the Ecto-1 and you know it's siren sound that it makes you know what that logo is and at halloween i i I legitimately can't imagine any party not playing the ghostbusters theme song like it is it's almost it's it is the ghostbusters theme song is and thriller are the equivalent for halloween what uh mariah carey and wham are for christmas
1: Sure, sure. Oh, yes, yes. You know there, there are that's on the that's on the mixtape. Yeah, when it when it comes, you know, the the, the monster mash is there, uh, the time warp, you know, oh it, God. And, and that yes, the Ghostbusters theme is is on that mixtape. Um, but you're right. There there is a certain amount of nostalgia to it, uh, Slimer, because it's it's I think it's something people have just grown up on. I mean, even even kids no ghostbusters you know and the and the sound of the proton pack starting up is is iconic yes. uh it's it's recognizable yeah. um yeah there's
0: no you know, and a, a and
1: you know like like uh like the blues brothers the ghostbusters movie is very quotable it's there are a lot of things that you can apply to you know just walking down the street you know something happens you could you can throw a line out from the movie and you know if somebody asks if you're a god you say yes you know just stuff like that is is you know it's it is it is a a good movie uh that's also enjoyable you can if it's on tv a lot of people the remote stops yeah
0: no it's 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 enjoyable um and then from there you had i know there is and I, i i think we should just go into it it's just like the 2016 ghostbuster um a lot there is a lot of toxic hate and then there's Mm -hmm. just like dislike for it like I will be honest I was not a fan of it but my reasons for not being a fan of the 2016 were not what a lot of the negativity that they got like I didn't like it because I thought they were going to pass the torch and it was going to be like Dan Aykroyd or Bill Murray or you know uh ernie hudson or uh, them passing the torch on to right. the next generation of ghostbusters right and it turned into it was a reboot and that irked me that was my beef with it um i'm not a big melissa mccarthy fan I like i think she's a great person i just she's not my funny right. uh
1: I the, didn't have, and that's the, the, there are there are fair criticisms of the 2016 Ghostbusters film. Yes, but there was a lot of hate coming to it from the get go before unnecessary.
0: Pandemic.
1: Yes, and some of that, you know, you, you were talking about you, when we talk about toxic fandom. I mean, it, it's in there. There is a toxic element in all fandoms, or and somebody will always find something to complain about, mm. and part of that is. And I I see this especially in Star Wars, but it applies across the board. Okay, is that there are certain fans who believe that they that they should be serviced ahead of anything else. That it's that whatever they that whatever comes out, whether it's Star Wars or or, you know even the new Star Trek or in this case Ghostbusters, that they expect they have a certain expectation and when that is not met all they do is complain about it now there is also a certain amount of toxic fanboy who was just flat out misogynist against the 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 female cast in ghostbusters 2016 answer the call okay that it didn't matter who it was they were going to complain about it and you know there there was also people that all they wanted to see on screen again was you know, Ray Venkman, Egon, and Winston. Yeah. And they didn't get that. No. And I I mentioned this to you before, but the reason they didn't get that was because of Bill Murray. Yeah. End of discussion. Bill Murray didn't want to do Ghostbusters 3. They had scripts, they had stories. He decided to walk away from the project and they could never get him to come back. That's what, and when Harold Ramis died in 2014, that killed any kind of reunion. So, the people that own the intellectual property for the intellectual property rights to Ghostbusters, they decided to make answer the call. Yeah. And again, answer. I the 2016 Ghostbusters movie is funny. Mm-hmm. Now, I also understand that if you don't like that particular, you know, those particular actors, that's fine. If that's not your your way, that's that's OK. You know, uh, there are certain actors and comedians out there who I don't particularly care for, um, you know, and that that's my prerogative, but too much you're right i think a lot of people wanted they wanted that the 2016 ghostbusters even if it wasn't a passing the torch moment they wanted it to still exist within the same continuity yeah because they wanted ghostbusters to be a single a single universe and it wasn't
0: another problem i had with it it seemed have you ever seen the movie bridesmaids
1: i've watched parts of it yes
0: okay so it seemed bridesmaids meets ghostbuster okay. is how it came across and it, like it because uh uh kristen wig and uh melissa mccarthy were, were both in that um and it, it, while i think they have great chemistry as a combo like it, they, they are like to me they are the simon Pegg and nick frost they have a good chemistry mm-hmm. as comedians right but it just came off as like it's bridesmaid meets ghostbusters and that that was a thing here that
1: well was, uh, I, and i think part of the again that one criticism of the 2016 ghostbusters is that the original ghostbusters was was a mix of science fiction and horror and comedy mm. and 26 the, ghostbusters answer the call was was a comedy first that yeah the and, whole
0: wontons soup sure, and everything
1: sure and and there were some gags that worked and some gags that didn't but you know you were talking about the, Paul Feig is the director of both of those movies. Mm. Okay. And he makes, I think he makes good comedy movies, but that's what that, that movie is a comedy first. And it's, it's that more than it is horror. And it's that more than it is science fiction, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and they tried to do some different things and that doesn't always work. Um, but like I said, I think there is a certain, there was a certain fat percentage of the fandom and a certain, a faction of people who were going to hate whatever came out
0: what, i think what, so yeah whatever whatever came on
1: the screen they hated it and they were they hated it before the movie hit the, before the before the, the the projector rolled but they were still there watching it because all they wanted to do is bitch about it afterwards no and, it, then- and
0: I, I absolutely agree and that's it, that's kind of heartbreaking because i i'm not a bridesmaid fan my wife is she loves that movie she thinks it's great so this if this was you know something that she was excited about and happy for hey awesome cool right. everybody enjoy your fans truly truly true but it, it just eh, wasn't for me and it, sure. it was a shame right. um but then we have which came out this year uh, afterlife right. uh which was actually supposed to come out wasn't it supposed to come out in like 2020 or t- late 2019 originally
1: it I was it, it got... was it was supposed to come out during the pandemic
0: yeah well um which is I almost want to call it this is this is almost what Star Wars should have done when they did when they when they came out with episode seven. Because it is almost that nostalgia of passing the torch to the next generation right. of Ghostbusters and like how Star Wars, Wars was trying to pass the torch to Ray and Fenn and Kylo as the next generation of right. Star Wars
1: well the so star wars when when, with the sequel trilogy force awakens was supposed to be that it was supposed to it was it was and this is also the criticism i have of afterlife Mm. okay a lot of people uh, that there was there was so much fan service in force awakens that that The feeling was that J.J. Abrams was trying to bring back the people who didn't like the prequel trilogy. And so what he made was basically New Hope all over again.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That's pretty much what that was. Even on a desert
1: planet, Jakku. Starts on a desert planet. There's a giant thing that they have to blow up. They have to, you know, then they have to escape. You know, they have to to break Ray out of somewhere and blah, 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 blah. And an old man dies. Oh it's 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 almost it's it's almost it's almost force it's force awakens is almost star wars part two or, or, or you don't know, rebooted yeah okay and it was supposed to be transitionary yes the problem with that and i've said this before the problem with the sequel trilogy is that there was no plan yeah that they didn't have they didn't go into that knowing where episode eight was going to go and yep. where episode nine was going to end with that arc And so what you had when, when Last Jedi came out, Last Jedi objectively, and I know a lot of people disagree with this, Last Jedi is probably the best movie of the sequel trilogy. There, it has problems, but it is the most, it is the most adventurous. It takes the biggest chances and a lot of people just didn't like, it. you know, and and it's, it's the same people who said, "Oh, Force Force Awakens is just New Hope all over again. I hate it." Blah 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 blah. You know, I want to try something different. And then Last Jedi tried something different, and those same people complained, <laughs> "Oh, it's too different." You did you you completely wreck Star Wars. I went different, but I went the same. I went old yes.
0: school, but I went. So- it's yes. yeah. No, it's it's and, I, I agree. I get where you're coming from. No, and,
1: so, and so then, so then when J.J. Abrams comes back and makes Rise of Skywalker, he completely undoes Last Jedi and makes a very safe movie because there's no plan. Now, to tie this into to Ghostbusters, Afterlife is a very safe movie, okay? It is that. It's, it's that passing the torch movie, okay? Yep. Because we gave the spoiler alert, and, but this yep. was in all the previews. It was in all the previews. You yeah. knew you knew ray venkman and winston are showing up again okay because that was in one of the trailers you know have you missed us you you hear you hear bill murray's voice have you missed us yes so you knew they were going to come back and so what i hope for afterlife is that it's a transitionary movie from ghostbusters 2 or from yeah from ghostbusters 2 because you know uh, the the director jason reitman and his father, Ivan Reitman, the director yeah. of the first two movies, and the, one of the producers of this, says that Ghostbusters 2 still exists. Okay, so it's, a, it's that transition to now having Phoebe and Trevor and Lucky and Podcast, the four of them, being the new Ghostbusters. And it's supposed to get there, which is fine. And they did a good job. And if, and if you have an emotion, any emotional investment in the first Ghostbusters movie afterlife is near perfect right absolutely Everybody, absolutely all the all of the all of the ghostbusters groups on my feed and all of my friends who are in the ghostbusters groups like i was in tears at the end when the thing happens right yes right the thing right the thing but because of that because they had to mine that that emotional response of of uh of uh, the the mother what's oh, what's her name
0: uh, Carrie, who, Callie? Yes. Okay. Carrie Coon played as, by As, uh, yeah, right, played as, Callie, Callie, as Callie, Callie. played by Carrie Coon.
1: Yes. Uh, Callie, the Egon's daughter. Yeah. Okay. Sh- she reconnects with him at the end. And then the the granddaughter, Egon is, is shepherding the granddaughter along, Phoebe along. This is one of those movies that the more you think about it, the more problems you have with it. The more things just don't make sense, right? So, Phoebe calls Ray. She she calls the Ghostbusters number that's on the on the commercial. You know, we're yeah. ready to believe you. She calls that number. Ray picks up the phone and then he gives this great little speech and you know exposition about how they fell apart and how they fell away and Egon was starting to go crazy and you know do all sorts of you know wild stuff. What moving to
0: Oklahoma to chase cultists is a, is a is a normal thing
1: right but here here's my problem with that ray peter and winston were on the roof fighting gozer they know for a fact that gozer exists and is trying to come back into the world and they think egon's going crazy because he's going out to find some temple that that evo shandor is building out in the middle of oklahoma they think that's nuts okay It's it's like Seinfeld. Half of the Seinfeld episodes go away if those people have text messages. That's true. Right? It's true. Half of the sign, More than half of all the Seinfeld episodes don't exist if all Elaine has to do is send a text to Jerry, hey, can you pick up some soup on the way back? Right?
0: (laughs) Soup for everybody. There's no soup, Nazi. Right. No soup. So...
1: (laughs) If they, if Egon, if they don't believe that, if they think that Egon has gone off the, you know, is off his rocker and is out in the middle of nowhere chasing something, all he has to do is send a picture text of Ivor Shandor's body in a glass casket, number one, and number two, this portal from hell that he has gun shooting, proton gun shooting into to stop the, you know, Gozer from coming back into this world. You can't tell me that Ray and peter and winston wouldn't be there in a heartbeat yeah you're right yeah and and then and then at the end like phoebe she has she has this look in her the the granddaughter has this look in her you didn't tell me my grandfather is egon spengler again because everybody knows the ghostbusters exist everybody knows that the thing that happened in 1984 in central park west it's all on youtube they've watched the videos Egon Spengler, they know that they say everybody in the world knows that the Ghostbusters saved the world that day, and she doesn't know who her grandfather is. Please, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, but like I said, the more you think about it, the more things just kind of like you know. I, I, I put that, it that, in that doesn't cap- always add up, but if, like I said, if you have an em- emotional investment in Ghostbusters, it is perfect. It is perfect when they're fighting, when they're <laughs> fighting Gozer at the farm. And, you know, you know it, was, it happens go, in, in all the third acts. The bad guys are about to win. The good, you know, Ray and, and Peter and Winston show up. Again, they they get the rear ends handed to them by Gozer. But then the ghost Egon. of Egon reappears, the afterlife, yeah. and he saves the day. Again, that is perfect. It was, perfect. A, a, it's, yeah, I
0: put it in the same category as like, jurassic park because like if you the more and more you watch jurassic park the more it makes your brain hurt and yes. like you don't want to like i can't enjoy it so i just i i let but... it live in its own little world <laughs>
1: especially where, it... where that cliff suddenly <laughs> appears in the t-rex oh. paddock yeah oh yeah like wait wait that wasn't there a second ago how do you walk over
0: it and the uh yeah. just the so much, well like even from like a dinosaur point of view like velociraptors that they're finding and discovering like the fossil digs are bad uh velociraptor is not actually that big he's like two no. feet tall and yes. it's it's it, yeah the more well, and more you think it, about it, the more it makes your brain hurt sure sure <laughs> but
1: <laughs> but you go into it this is a movie this is a yes. movie it's science fiction there is a certain suspension of disbelief yes. that comes with that and so like i said if if if, if you can you make have...
0: me believe for like an hour and a half this is how things life is supposed to be i'm oh, no.
1: out. Oh no. So so when I went to see it I I went by myself cuz my wife didn't want to go and there are, you know, 10 other people in this theater and just just sitting there watching the movie the first time just without 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 blocking blocking out all of the normal stuff that you would do because I didn't try to stay spoiler free but I also didn't actively go out and seek out spoilers and luckily, uh, the people on my Facebook feed and the people that I know didn't spoil the movie for me, although I kind of knew what was going to happen. Um, as I'm sitting there watching it, it, it hits all of the right emotional notes if you have an emotional investment in Ghostbusters. Yeah. If, and and for, that, for that crowd, it's a nine and a half out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 movie. I get that. I, I am one of those people. But then as you're walking out and you're kind of thinking about it, i have some problems but (laughs) if the purpose of this is to be that transitionary movie which i believe it is because they're going to make more
0: yeah oh yeah you know they
1: it's it's they there was two after credits right was it one or two there were there were there was a mid-credit scene and there was an after credit okay so yes The, the only actor that they did not get back the only major actor they did not get back from the original series was rick moranis who just basically has fallen off the face of the earth.
0: Well, he, so he, he has done very minimal acting since. And mm-hmm. I, I, unfortunately I, I had read this a long time ago cause they were going to do Spaceballs balls too. And they, they, he didn't because his wife passed away and he just right. like, and that's, and I get that. Right. I, I truly, and I have nothing but respect for that guy. Right. And maybe they'll might be able to pull him in for like uh, the, whatever Ghostbusters afterlife two or whatever they decide to call it, you know?
1: Right right but 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 they set that up they they yeah. set that up because th- they, at the end of the movie before the before the end credit scene um they they show winston in the firehouse yeah somebody drives the ecto-1 back to the firehouse so the the ecto-1 has come home okay um they they there's the first end credit scene has dana barrett in it yeah with with Yeah. and the last and the the the, the after credit scene has uh, Janine, Annie, Annie Potts, and Winston talking about because apparently Winston got really rich, and and he is going to be the one who's funding the Ghostbusters. and And the final scene in that is it shows the containment unit in the basement with the light blinking. Yes. It's so so, so th- they're going to make more. And like I said, the the design they do. The, sure, they will. the The design is that it's going to be Phoebe, Trevor, podcast, and uh, Lucky are going to be are going to be the four recurring you know now they also kind of have a problem because they're she, like what is it
0: she's like 10 or something like she's in middle school oh is so she? she's so 12 like, or 13 yeah uh,
1: trevor is 16 or 17 So's lucky uh, and podcast is also in middle school so if i mean if they make it in three years they can age them up and and they could all be 18 or 19 and move to new york and yeah and all of that because you know or they, maybe
0: uh th- you know the older two go uh was it phoebe and trevor go and or not phoebe uh phoebe's the, the little sister uh trevor and what's the other one not podcast uh lucky bu- 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 lucky yeah podcast and lucky or not podcast but uh trevor and lucky go and then like podcast and phoebe like sneak to new so, york and the, the, they'll, they'll they, figure yes. some way
1: they they can find a way They they can find a way to make that happen and um you know, it, go it, with their
0: it, visit for the summer or something. Sure. Yeah.
1: And then and then uh, you know, Egon shows them something or or whatever, however they want to do that. Um, but it's a good transitionary movie, and it is, even though there is a lot of fan service, that's the criticism. The criticism is that there's it's too fan servicey.
0: Um I, I can agree with that. My and, and this was one of the things I was gonna say, I didn't like the stay puffed marshmallows because the, the point of the stay puffed marshmallow man was it came in the first one because that's sure. what you know vankman was thinking about
1: uh, yeah right or, it's, it's, yeah, a, a, it's yeah, a, yeah right it's a form yeah, of right. the chosen form yes. of goes are the destructor yes. yes
0: and then all of a sudden like there's a bunch of mini ones yeah yeah I, it was a funny it's a funny it's a funny, but it's also like
1: oh, come on uh, that was my one beef sure well not right <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, I I it did and it's done well. You know, it's over a hundred million dollars at the box office now. Um, yeah. You know, so they've it's made enough. I I'm sure they'll make more. And it's you know as soon as it hits home video and hits the streaming the streaming platforms, uh, uh, you know, it'll it'll do well there too. Um, but th- that's the the trick for Ghostbusters as a franchise. Is to do what the Star Wars sequel trilogy did not, and that's advance a coherent story. And I've got to think that as prolific a writer as Dan Aykroyd is, yeah, and the and with the technology that exists now that didn't exist back in the late '80s and the early '90s, that they could make two or three or four more Ghostbusters movies at a high at high quality that don't have you know the diminishing returns of sequels. Um, at least that's what I hope
0: i i i absolutely agree with you there um like i said i i thoroughly enjoy the whole ghostbusters series i right. from i've it's been part of my childhood sure so the nostalgia is there the quality is there and the hopes and dreams of the the sequels is there and yeah dan Aykroyd is a phenomenal writer And and if they're keeping everything in the family like they have been, then, hey, uh, I I guess my and I I guess uh, Bill Murray's not doing as much as he used to. So all he can do is kind of nostalgia stuff. So, hey, if that keeps him in the game, because what was the last movie? He he kind of just does little small. I wouldn't even say small things, but like I think the last big movie I saw him in was like Lost in Translation.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, um, Let me see. What's
0: he did one after that where he was like a a neighbor but you know if, if he's on board and they're not having any issues and hey i'm i'm all about it uh well
1: right i i think though i i think they the the last scene the end credit scene set up winston as the bridge yeah the, it it's setting up winston zedmore because in I saw somewhere on some website they they call him Doctor Winston Zedmore. Um, you know. And in the in the original Ghostbusters in the first Ghostbusters movie, they establish that uh, Egon, Ray, and Venkman all have PhDs in psychology, parapsychology, or something like yeah. that. Um, and so, but you know, Winston got rich somehow, uh, and he is going to be the He's gonna be he's gonna be Charlie for the Angels, right? He's <laughs> gonna like be it. the guy that has all the money nope. and all the funds, and he's gonna he's gonna be able to pay for the firehouse uh, in Manhattan, which, as we know, is just ungodly expensive, uh, considering where it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Hook and Ladder Eight, by the way, in Manhattan is the actual fire the actual location of the firehouse.
0: I want to know how much would it cost to have a a firehouse in
1: well, I'm Manhattan. sure get, get get on the Google. I mean, that's what i going to do. I'm going to Google that. Um, well. But but that's I, I think that's what they're setting up. And and I. I think if, you know. If they if they play it right, they can have they can have the original Ghostbusters as long as they're alive, weave in and out of the story. But I hope that they make the story about Phoebe and Trevor and Lucky and podcast because I think that's the way it'll go. You know, I think they need, uh, you know, because when you watch, (laughs) if you've watched the talk show circuit, uh, Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray, they've they've gone on all the talk shows. And one of the things they all say is, you know, in 1980, 1982 or 83, when they were filming those movies, the Proton Packs weighed 40 pounds and they (laughs) could get up and do all these takes. And now they weigh 25 pounds, which is about what my pack weighs, by the way they weigh 25 pounds and there's none of this when you're laying on the ground after getting knocked around you just stand right up you know because all those guys are you know they're late 60s you know 70s uh there's no there's you know i'm almost 50 and i am not just hopping up with my proton pack to get (laughs) off the ground you know (laughs) that just doesn't happen you know (laughs) that's it yeah
0: um, so, but to answer your question or my question answering it, uh, I couldn't find that, but just to give you an idea, a a, a medium-sized apartment in New York and Manhattan cost you uh, anywhere between $750,000 to $950,000. So for an entire building, I'm assuming that's going to be at least five 6000000 million for a small little firehouse building. <laughs> so that's uh you know what hey you don't argue movie logic it's just like you know books and games like you just you you leave that that piece alone and you don't question it
1: because then you start to destroy your dreams and childhood um okay so i'm looking at our article from 2013 okay so this is this is now an eight-year-old article so (laughs) ghostbusters firehouse how much is it worth in the okay. nineteen eighty four film, the Ghostbusters turn a rundown fire station. Blah 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 blah. Okay, so the firehouse in the first movie, Egon says is nine thousand six hundred and forty two square feet. Okay, it is in it's. You can look, you can get on the Google and look up Hook and Ladder Eight because that's the actual location. Yeah. So in two thousand and thirteen, the average price per square foot was one thousand six hundred thirty dollars in that neighborhood. Which in 2013 was fifteen million seven (laughs) hundred thousand dollars. So that thing's it. Oh, that's a it's a it's a forty million dollar it's a forty million dollar location
0: now. (laughs) Well, well, now you got to take in for like the the housing market right now skyrocketed. So let's let's make it let's make it make it a solid fifty
1: million. Yes. (laughs) Right, Right. but but the other thing you see, you see Winston at the firehouse, and then wherever he is. Wherever Winston is when Annie is talking to him at the end and the end credits se- yeah. sequence, he is not poor, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Win- Winston has done very well for himself. So, um, watch so, him be know. the
0: bad guy. He's really the bad guy. He's he's doing made a deal with like some type of like demonic entity of some sort.
1: Well, I, I would hope not, but. <laughs> Uh, okay, no so it's
0: a great movie great series i i'm excited and i thoroughly enjoyed it H- everything about it you know mm-hmm.
1: yes it it hit all the right notes it for, for the nostalgia crowd it was it was as close to perfect as you can make a movie yeah. um you know but like i said the, the the time will tell what they do with the rest of the franchise and you know i I hope they learn something and i hope i hope there is a plan i would think that there is i would think that there is that that dan Aykroyd and the the, and ivan reitman uh who probably will have primary writing credit i would think that they would have something in mind as to where this is going to go even if it's only just a general compass direction um but i don't think they'll let it be they'll just let it sit i think sony there's or is it sony or is it warner brothers whoever Uh, owns the rights to it i think they will be throwing enough money at it that they it won't be you know 30 years for another sequel
0: columbia pictures Columbia. so is is columbia owned by warner brothers or they just associate with them or sony they work with sony a lot i think okay right um i don't know I, I i have to do some more on that one research uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 definitely not going to sit. I, I I don't see that sitting anytime soon. Um, yeah, I I think that's a a good spot to wrap this up. Um, David, thank you so much for being on the show and talking Ghostbusters with me. Yeah, uh, you are you are actually associated with a uh, a Ghostbusters group, yes. uh, a cosplay group, mm-hmm. or is is it just considered a cosplay group or is it just a a charity group? Both.
1: Uh, The enthusiasts the ghostbusters Ghostbusters groups are very loosely affiliated Um, you know they have they they're allowed to operate uh, under the intellectual property provided that you don't do stupid stuff and you know tarnish the name uh the particular chapter that i'm in uh, it's the west virginia division um we we are primarily a a charity group uh several of the members work with the west virginia children's home society Uh, which does a a foster care and places uh, uh, children for adoption. Um, And one of the things that we do as a group is uh, raise money throughout the year. Mm. And at the end of the year, uh, you know, all the kids that they have in this foster uh, foster care system, they they will write out a Christmas list, Um, you know, the, the angel tree or that sort of thing uh and so the the person who coordinates this will bring us the lists that the kids have and and the lists are very generic and they don't have names on them what they'll tell us is it's a it's a a 12 year old girl or an eight year old boy or whatever it is uh whatever the child and it will have you know things that these kids want for christmas uh and some of the things are are typical their tablets their bikes um you know that sort of thing you know sometimes very specific toys sometimes not uh, but then other times, the things that these kids want are, are like a pillow because they don't have their own pillow, or socks, or a blanket, or things that just just break your heart oh to think God, that yeah. this is this is what this kid wants for Christmas. Um, and so, the, a lot of the money that we raise uh, at conventions, we we they sell we sell uh, uh, patches and and you know perlers and you know whatever whatever we think we can we can sell t-shirts and that sort of thing. Uh, a couple of years ago, the last year before COVID, uh, we raised fifteen thousand dollars. And also the day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday, uh, traditionally the group goes out and goes shopping. And when Toys R Us was still around, we'd go to Toys R Us, and we it, we had people, we had Toys R Us staff and even other customers there, like searching through the store for some of the things on these kids' lists. Nice. Um, uh, and and at least before COVID, I don't know about the la- last year, this year but there was not one list that they didn't fill everything on the list. And, you know, they even, we even went out of state to a couple other uh, uh, similar agencies uh, to see if their kids needed anything too. Um, so that's, 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 that's what our group does. Uh, I like that's, that. that's the primary. That's emphases. always good. Yes. It's, it's, it's a fabulous and um, you know, it's, it's I th- I think it's one of the reasons why a lot of people get into cosplay or why they justify continuing to do whatever the cosplay is. You know, some people do it for the building, some people do it for the fandom, but it's it's going to a hospital or it's it's delivering a bunch of Christmas presents to kids uh, that just makes your day. And yeah. and you know, it it just makes it, it makes putting on the pack or, or lighting up the lightsaber, it makes it all worth it.
0: Heck yeah. I mean, you know what? I think that is a pristine spot to end this episode on that <laughs> nice, good, feel good yes. moment right there. Before
1: so Christmas.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let's go ahead and wrap this up. As always, please like subscribe and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are listening to us on audible or Apple, please remember to rate and review. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. So please like, and follow us at DNA pod and on Twitter at NerdDNA pod. And on Twitch at NerdDNA Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Steve Hugh, and I'm joined by the good hearted, warm souled, eh, just his heart grew three times bigger, uh, David Perry. Thank you so much, sir, for being on the show and sharing thank these you. amazing moments. Um, thank you and good night.